0: Inside a float tank, there's 10 inches of water with about a thousand pounds of medical grade Epsom salt dissolved into it. That makes it to where you float effortlessly on the surface of the water. And the water inside is heated to about 94 degrees. So it makes it to where you really start to lose the idea of where your body ends and the water and air begin when you're floating in there. James, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me CT, it's good to see you man.
1: Yeah, you too. Let's uh, start with your backstory. Uh, I know you had a lot going on in the early years before you went into the flotation arena. So can you uh, give our listeners a
0: little taste? I grew up in a military family. I moved around a lot as a kid. Um, I actually lived in Maine, Colorado, North Carolina, then moved to Germany the summer before my senior year, which seemed brutal at the time, but actually ended up being such a great opportunity um after finishing high school there, I joined the army, so came back to the States for basic training in AIT and then went right back over to Germany um, for my years in the military. Got out, moved out to Colorado, then back to Maine, then back to Colorado. Um in 2013, my then girlfriend, now wife, through hiked the Appalachian Trail. Uh we were living out in Colorado, saved up some money, and then moved back east, kind of got everything set up, went and took a bus down to Georgia, and then walked back home to Maine. And it was uh, was during that time that we started thinking about what would be next in life. And, you know, when we were living out in Colorado in 2010, we had tried floating. And at that time, there was just one place in Denver that had commercial float tanks. And we loved it. And we had some friends go and try it. And then we just, we always had it kind of in the, back of, the mind, back of our mind how how awesome floating was. And when we got home to Maine, there was really no commercial float center in the state. So we did some research and found out what it would take to get one going and made it happen.
1: What is the vibe in Portland, Maine?
0: Portland, Maine is a great city. It's the largest city in Maine, and it's still a really small city. The, the population of Portland is about 66,000 but it's it's a great sixty six thousand has everything you need um and then most anything you can want we have an amazing food scene the food trucks are outstanding uh the breweries there's so many great breweries um the live music scene really picked up over the last few years who knows what it'll look like after all this covid but uh you know we're, we're hopeful that it'll it'll come out on top as well but yeah it's a, it's a great city really small town vibe but uh everything you can want
1: how long did it take to go from the idea of opening the float center to actually doing it?
0: So it took us about two years to, from the very first, it was kind of a joke at first. Uh, Amy and I were, were kicking around uh, <clears throat> getting some gifts for some friends and we wanted to send them to a float. So we were like, oh. What if we uh, send them to a place down in Asheville, North Carolina, where I had lived just south of there for a while. Uh, and then I couldn't find a place in Asheville. So I thought, wow, we should move to Asheville and start a float center. And Amy said, well, slow down. We're not going to just move across the country to start a business because we never really started a business. And uh, so she said, what if we what if we did it in Portland? Kicked the idea around a little bit more. And, and that was in the the late fall of 2013, leading up to Christmas time. And then, uh, yeah, the next year, we really started doing some research. We were both working two or three jobs at a time, saving up every penny we could, put together a a really thorough business plan, working with a SCORE business counselor, found a, a really awesome lender at Bangor Savings Bank, a local bank, who really helped us through the whole process as well. And uh, yeah, then we we secured a loan. Then we spent probably seven months finding a location. Another four or five months building out the location, and and then we opened in uh, April of 2016. So yeah, about two, a little over two years from conception to opening day.
1: And then, how long was it? Was that in operation before you decided to open another?
0: So we were operating Float Harder for about six months before we started just organically growing what came to be New England Float Partners. Um, people who didn't really know what they were doing when they purchased float tanks would get in touch with us and say, hey, could you, could you come over and give me a hand with this? Uh, could you come take a look at our float tank? And we started doing that. And you know we had done a lot of research, so we had a good idea. And after six months of working with the equipment, we really had a, had a good feel of what we were doing and then just kept learning more. And um, yeah, so that one grew on its own. And we did at that about that time want to open a second location, um, which you know we were, we we're trying to find a place that would be far enough away that we wouldn't cannibalize our current business, but not so far that it was really difficult to operate two locations. Um, and, you know, the population is pretty sparse in the Northeast. So that was kind of a difficult task yeah just uh just earlier this year we opened ripple float and wellness with a friend down in connecticut and uh then COVID hit so (laughs) that threw us for a loop but we'll bounce back from it it's gonna be it's gonna be great it's a beautiful spot
1: are you able to have that in operation now or is it still closed down
0: yeah we just reopened ripple a few weeks ago um yeah and uh yeah we just we can't wait to show the people of new haven what a what a great facility we have it's uh four float tanks, uh, two infrared saunas, three massage rooms and a cryotherapy chamber.
1: Can you explain, I should have asked this earlier, uh, we're on the same wavelength. We both love floating. Can you explain to the listeners what, what floating actually is? What is a float tank?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, floating is a great tool for stress relief, pain relief, anxiety, depression. Um, just a great tool for exploring your consciousness. It's, uh, It's a small chamber Um, inside a float tank. There's 10 inches of water with about a thousand pounds of medical grade Epsom salt dissolved into it. That makes it to where you float effortlessly on the surface of the water and the water inside is heated to about 94 degrees. So it makes it to where you really start to lose the idea of where your body ends and the water and air begin when you're floating in there. A lot of flow tanks have lights and speakers built into them. So you can have a nice light on, some music playing, or if you choose to, and you turn it all off, it's completely dark, completely silent. And so your brain doesn't have to process sight, sound, gravity, temperature, and just a really unique environment for your brain to just turn off and relax.
1: And there's some flow tanks that are open and then some that are enclosed, right?
0: Yeah. So flow tanks come in a few different styles. Um some of them are, are sort of pod shaped um, and then others are what is called a float room. So like at float harder, our biggest float room is eight feet long, six and a half feet wide and seven feet tall. So, you know, a lot of people worry about being in a small space, but it's really not small. It's a, it's a good size space. I mean, if you, if you aren't afraid to get into a, a, a car or a hotel bathroom, then, you know, a float tank's bigger than that.
1: Hey, it's CT. I'm interrupting my own show because I'm now open to new clients or I have a wait list for website design projects and marketing strategy sessions. If you're tired of throwing your marketing dollars down the drain and want a website that actually drives new business, let's hop on a call. You can book a free hour with me at ctcoup.com slash B-I-B. That's c t dot slash B-I-B. No fluff, no BS just everything you need to up your online presence today. Now back to the show. What I love about the industry is every single float center that I've been to, it's always different. The, the, the the pods may, the float pods may be a little different. The float rooms may be a little different. Like the experience of floating is technically the same, but the experience with everything around it is, is so different and unique. I, I just think that's, it's a really, really cool thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, uh, that just comes down to floating so different for so many people. And, and it's so good for so many things, you know, uh, at our place at, in Portland, we appeal to such a diverse group of people because like I said, people use it for everything from muscle recovery to pain relief. So, you know, we've got young tattoo covered jiu-jitsu fighter athletes that come in and float for the muscle recovery. And then we've got, you know, 80 year old women who come in for arthritis pain and just to relax and then everything in between from pregnant women to, you know, weekend warrior athletes that just go hard on the weekends. So yeah, just everything, everything in between.
1: And how about cryotherapy? It's not something that I have done uh, to date. Can you explain
0: what that is? Yeah, so cryotherapy, is it happens inside of a cryo chamber where you stand in there and you're wearing nothing but your underpants and the air around you gets cooled with liquid nitrogen to about 230 degrees below zero. And this causes your body to go into a real fight or flight mode, sends all your blood back to your core. And then when it goes back to your extremities, brings with it a lot of, uh, important nutrients, um, it's really good for, uh, reducing inflammation. It's good for skin elasticity. It's got a lot of benefits again, widely used by a lot of, uh, athletes um yeah at our place there in Connecticut the day before we had to close down for for uh COVID we had 16 of the Yale's men basketball players come and do a a session before they were starting a uh, a uh, basketball competition so it's it's a great tool and it's just invigorating as hell man when you get out of that thing you just even if you go in kind of drowsy when you come out you're just you're ready to go it's a lot of fun
1: you can't not be alert and awaken uh, once you get out of that is what you're saying.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I haven't seen it happen.
1: <laughs> what would you say you've learned the most about business uh, since you started the different these different businesses?
0: Just a, a little bit of everything. You know, I, I don't come from a business background. Um, nobody in my family really comes from a business background. Uh, um, so started from, from scratch. And, and that's really been the fun of it. You know, And when Amy and I first got the idea, we went to a Barnes & Noble in, in Augusta, Maine and got the Small Businesses for Dummies book and just started going through that page by page and chapter by chapter and just kind of figuring it out as we went. And and that's been a lot of fun. You know, uh, before starting the business, I didn't know what a triple net lease was. But, you know, you have to learn about lease negotiations and then you have to learn about marketing and you have to learn about different demographics and advertising and there's just so much that goes into it you know uh, accounting and and the whole work so it's just fun to always have a new challenge and even when you when you think you've you've got to a point where you know there's there's not something right at top of mind to learn then it's your job to figure out what you need to learn to, to move things forward even more.
1: Yeah, every day is a little different because there's there there always is something to learn or improve on.
0: Yeah, it's not like a nine to five where you show up and somebody gives you a list of what to do. You have to go out and figure out what your list of to do is in order to keep things uh, progressing. You create your own. You create your own problems and then you go solve them.
1: Yeah, what would you say was appetus to actually start the business? Then was it just w- without you know not having any business background? Was it just hey let's do this a new challenge? Let's we'll figure it out.
0: Uh, yeah, Amy and I, uh, we've always liked challenging ourselves, you know, and when, uh, when we moved out to Colorado, uh, you know, she had never really moved across the country and away from home. And so that was a, a challenge, you know, and then we decided to, to hike the Appalachian Trail and, you know, hike 2200 miles in six months. And it was it was the best summer ever, but a, a hell of a challenge. And then we were home in Maine and we were both working jobs that we really didn't love. And we missed floating. You know, we had tried that when we lived out in Denver, and and we missed it. And thought, you know, we'd love to to share that with our friends and our family and and the community. And like like you you acknowledge, you know, floating is just it's great. And without a place around to do it, we just we missed doing it, and and wanted to make it available to everyone.
1: Yeah, I, and I love too that they're like you explained, There's so many different problems you may be facing. Uh, or it's just more kind of like from a high performance angle or, or peak performance, you know, sports athlete kind of thing. Recovery. Uh, there's so many different use cases for it. Uh, and and I, I, what I love too is it's it's so distractionless. Or I mean, it is like there's nothing that can be as distractionless as as that. Uh, you know, even if you're trying to what the example I give is even if you're meditating at home, there's okay, there's a train going off or a car horn or whatever. Like there's nothing that can truly mimic what it is like when you're in the tank.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I always uh, compare it to, uh, you know, when you're at home and you're in your bed and you think you're getting good rest, your brain's still processing all kinds of information. You know, the feel of the mattress, the temperature of the room, little sounds that you're not even cognitively aware of, your brain's still processing that. But when you get in the tank and you turn off the lights and the music and there's none of that, your brain's not doing anything. Um so yeah, except for thinking, which is the one thing we can't turn off for you, which becomes a, a really a big big obstacle for a lot of people, you know. And when you really get quiet for the first time for some people ever, for some people for the first time in a long time, that monkey mind will just start racing. And and sometimes it, it goes away after a little while. Sometimes You just gotta get in there and and go through your thoughts and and then uh, after a while you just kind of zone out and get to the the theta brainwave state, a a great spot to just hang out and let your brain have some space. Yeah, it's a it's a great tool. Definitely I,
1: I always tell people that you gotta do it four or five times. You can't just do it once. And like you're talking about, I remember thinking, Oh, well, I'll just go in here and I'm just gonna meditate and fall asleep, and it's all gonna be a sunshine and rainbows. And uh, I get out of it and I'm just like, well, what, the, what the heck did I just do? Like, uh, you know, mine's going crazy. Uh, but, but as you do it more, that you just get more comfortable. And now I pretty much always end up falling asleep or in some, some state uh, like that.
0: I always say that the tank gives you what you need, not what you want. You know, you might get in there thinking that you want to explore your consciousness but you get in there and you have something really weighing on your mind and it's, it's real heavy and you're not, you have no distraction. You can't run from it. So you might as well dig into it, you know, or you get in there and you want to explore some creative idea, but you find like, Oh man, my shoulder is really having a nagging pain, you know? And again, you can't run from it. So just deal with it and just spend some time being in your body. It'll give you what you need. And if you get in there and you have that great idea, but you're really exhausted you're just going to get in, you're going to fall asleep and you're going to get some great restorative rest. But yeah, like you said, sometimes, uh, sometimes you just get to that really deep theta brainwave state. It's not quite sleep. It's just, it's something different. And it's really fun. Cause, uh, at our place, there's a, an exit track. It'll come on and let you know that your floats over. And sometimes that comes on and the light comes back on and you just go, what the hell was that? Where was I? Was I asleep? Was I dreaming? Was I thinking, you know, it's a, it's a real fun space to play around in.
1: I'll get you out on this. Best life advice.
0: You know, I think it goes back to being on the Appalachian Trail. And there was always a, the best advice that was given to us on the Appalachian Trail was to not quit on a whim. You know, don't just throw your hands up and give up. If you you think you want to quit, then give it three more days. And after three more days, if you still want to quit, then maybe consider quitting. But just don't quit on a whim.
1: Well, I appreciate the time. Have a good rest of your night.
0: Right now, man. Great talking with you, dude. Take care.
1: If you want to check out either of the float centers mentioned in this episode, you can do so at floatharder.com and and ripplefloatandwellness.com. Thanks for listening.